So I want to I share with you this morning um, about the God of the breakthrough. So uh, God has sort of laid this on my heart during this week, and uh, I, uh, I was thinking of around eight, nine years ago. We, we came here about almost nine years ago to East London, and uh, it, was, it was crazy circumstances. Many of you have heard this before, but I just want to share this again, or a different part of this. But uh, Sonica was eight months pregnant when we arrived in East London. Um, the church was 15 to 20 people. She wasn't working for the following seven months. And uh, my house, our house was standing empty in Cape Town. And it stood empty for eight months. Couldn't get it sold. I was losing 10,000 rand a month on the bond. My wife wasn't working. We have a baby. We've moved. We don't, don't know anybody in East London. We're starting the church, and there's a handful of people, and I remember telling the guys, if we can just get 30 people in the church on a Sunday, it's going to move forward. Come on. Let's do it, you know. <laughs> let's trust God for this. And it was really challenging. But the, the, the challenging circumstances forced me to my knees. It forced me. It forced me to cry out to God like I've never cried out to God. Those six months, the first six months after arriving in East London, I was, it was deep intercession. Because <laughs> it was just like, Jesus, if you don't help me, I am so in trouble. It's incredible what happens when, when you have adversity or a crisis or something really challenging, it does something to you. It either makes you give up and feel sorry for yourself, or it causes you to press in deeper into God. So how do you respond when a crisis comes? How do you respond when you hit the wall? When something goes, you know, it's just like your, your circumstances are like this. Is, if God doesn't come through for us, we're in trouble. Who's, who's ever felt like that? It's like, Jesus, if you don't show up. But, and, and that does something. It's not nice. Eh? Who likes that? No one, no one likes that. It's terrible. It's not nice. But I have found that, that that circumstance, that challenge, whatever it is, is your friend. It is your best friend. If you want to press in deeper into God. It is your best friend if you want a real breakthrough. If you want a real breakthrough in the spirit, if you want a real breakthrough in life, you, the biggest breakthroughs come after the biggest crises, the biggest challenges, the biggest whatever you're facing, that wall. And, and so I want to encourage you, if you're facing something that... I want, I want, to, I want to share with you about the God of the breakthrough. The God of the breakthrough, the God that invites us to move, to press in deeper into Him. It's your friend. The crisis takes you deeper. So I want to demonstrate something to you, Rion, my friend. Now, Rion is a mountain of a man. He's uh, played for border, it was a lock for border rugby, seniors. He played against Victor Matfield. And you hurt him, eh? You hurt him. <laughs> so, so Rion represents the wall. 
He represents the wall. So now you're going merrily long in life, and now you hit the wall. I've always wanted to eat the big guy. <laughs> and he's an elder. He's not allowed to eat me back. <laughs> he says he's itching to eat me back. <laughs> so, I'm not going to demonstrate this many times. <laughs> so you have a mountain of a man. You have the wall. You're facing the wall, and you're coming with everything you have in the natural. Everything. <laughs> you're coming with everything. You, you're going to take down this wall. <laughs> so in the natural, you're doing everything you can to, to get this wall to move, but it's, it's not moving. And you need a breakthrough. So I want to explain to you this morning that there's a point where we, we tackle things in the natural. And, and when you're doing most things that you can do in the natural, but it's not moving the wall, that, mean, that means you need to up your game. Not in the natural, but in the spirit. And I feel that's the season we're in now. It's like we're hitting a wall over and over again, and you're, but you're doing what you should be doing. You're going through the motions. You're doing in the natural what you should be doing. And if it's not moving it, that means you need to up your game in the spirit. You need to pray. But more than praying, you need to fast. That's what I want to speak about this morning as well. We need to break out of our comfort zone, cry out, to God to give us the iron fist. So you're doing everything in the natural that you should be doing. And, I, and that's how I've been feeling the last while. It's like, but I'm doing it. I'm praying and I'm going. I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing. And then I, I just realized, I mean, Sonica, we were here last week. I didn't know what Stephen was going to be preach, what he's going to be preaching about. And one of the scriptures he was saying, he said, call a fast. In the midst of these crises, in the midst of the nation of Israel being destroyed, call a fast. I didn't know what he was going to preach about. But on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, we felt that we need to fast and pray. So Sonic and I, we, we, we're fasting and praying one day a week for the next two to three months. And, and, and we're going to press in because they are they're things we're trusting God for. We're trusting God to impact East London. We're trusting for so many lives to be transformed. We're trusting for marriages to be renewed. We're trusting for financial breakthrough. We're trusting for, for a whole bunch of things. And I tell you, on Monday, it felt like something shifted. Just one day, seeking the face of God. You know, in the last five years or so, God has done so much. I haven't really fasted. We haven't really fasted. When I was younger in the Lord, I fasted a lot, sought the Lord a lot, but my, my mind and my faith, my belief system was a mess. But I really feel it is time now to press in to the more of God. And I want to share with you about how we can access the God of the breakthrough, access His fullness, and to who are the people that God gives a breakthrough. Okay, so I want to take you to a scripture, a story, an account of, 
of King David and, and the armies, uh, the Philistines that came against Israel. You see, the Old Testament, met, the, 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 the armies in the Old Testament that came, the enemy armies that came against the Israelites, it's a, they are a metaphor of the spirit enemies that we are battling, wrestling with. And it's real. No jokes, not make-believe. It is real. We have a real enemy in the spirit, and his mission is to destroy. His mission is to take us apart. And if we don't fight the fight in the spirit, we're not going to win it in the natural. So whether it be your business, whether it be whatever you're trusting God for, I tell you, the victory is first in the spirit, and then to do what you need to do in the natural. You need both. You need both. Okay, so let's look, let's look at this. The God of the breakthrough. 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8. Let me just pray for us before we get into this. Father, thank you. Thank you for your anointing here. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to cause the Word of God to come alive. Lord, we pray that you would impact our hearts, impact our lives this morning. Lord, I pray for every heart to be wide open, every mind to receive the Word of God. Almighty God, we welcome you here. Thank you, Lord. God of the breakthrough, lead us into your fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8. Now it says, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went out against them. Now look at this. David gets the biggest breakthrough of his life. The fulfillment of prophecy, he becomes king of Israel. Hallelujah. David, I'm so excited for you. You know, the king, palace, nice and cushy, servants, comforts, so excited for you. David, this is going to be wonderful. No. <laughs> First thing that happens, the Philistines hear, they hear about him becoming king, they're thinking, let's take him out now before he can get his armies ready. Let's take him out now. And so all the Philistines, say all, all hell breaks loose. That's what it means. All hell breaks loose. And so sometimes you and I think you're looking for my breakthrough. You're looking for that upgrade. You're looking for that blessing. You get it. And yet all hell breaks loose. It's like suddenly the enemy knows when someone is about to step into the fullness of that breakthrough. And then he comes. Then he assaults. Then he sends his, his soldiers against us to break us down. It's like sometimes when somebody becomes a Christian, they're like, I thought it's going to be easy. <laughs> well, welcome to the party. It's war. It's war for your heart. Things happen. People might even come against you. The enemy uses a variety of ways to try and break us down, to steal our hope, steal our faith, steal our confidence. So all the Philistines come. They went, they searched for David, 
And it says, and David heard of it and went out against them. He went out against them. They all, they came against him. Now think about this. Look at the life of Jesus. So for 30 years, Jesus did nothing in the sense that we know of in terms of the miraculous. He was just faithful living amongst the people. Now at the age of 30, he gets baptized by John the Baptist. The heavens open, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, descends in the form of a dove. The voice of the Father comes from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Just imagine Jesus coming out of the water, people are like, oh, wow, 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 wow. things are going to happen now, eh? things are going to happen. Yep, Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to do what? Fast for 40 days. Fast for 40 days in the wilderness. Doesn't look that glorious to me. And then the devil himself comes. Jesus hits a wall. He's tired, 40 days without food. He's physically tired. He's hungry. Now the devil himself comes to him. And he tempts him. He tests him. With what? The easy way out. The easy way out. He, first of all, he says to him, why are you fasting, huh? Yes, here's a rock. Turn it into bread. Eat it. You don't need to fast. You're the son of God. Come on. Have some bread. Jesus said, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the devil takes him up onto the top of the temple, and he says, throw yourself off. And then everybody's going to see, because God's not going to let you, God, your Father, is not going to let you die. Everybody's going to see you floating down like this angel from heaven, and they're going to know you're God. Why would you want to go through all of this hard times? Why, why would you want to go through all these other things to try and prove to them that you are the Son of God, that you are God in the flesh? Jesus, shortcut, jump, show them. Jesus said, no, you will not test the Lord your God. And then the last one, devil tempted him and said to him, if you would fall down and worship me, Jesus, I'll give it all to you. Everything that you've come for, you've come for the kingdoms of the earth, you've come for the nations, Jesus, I'll give it to you. Just worship me. Just worship me and you'll have it. And you don't need to go through the cross. You don't need to die. You don't need to be cursed and cussed. And you don't need to go through all of that stuff. Jesus, I have the easy way for you. And Jesus said, no. Get away from me, Satan. For I will worship the Lord my God and him only. Powerful. Jesus. And then when he left the wilderness, the angels of God came and tended to him. And then... He went by the power of the Spirit, and he turned that nation upside down. You see, there's an easy way, and then there's God's way. There's an easy way, and then there is God's way. And we are tested in that every time. Which way are you going to go? Yep, the easy way. You don't need to. You don't need to. Oh, come on, there's the easy way. You can have it. Just compromise a little bit here. Just compromise a little bit there. Oh, just get a bribe there. You get that contract, man. It's, and you get it, and it's going to be good for your business. It's going to flourish, you know. God's way is harder. You have to trust Him to provide. 
Don't take the shortcuts if you want to if you want to truly follow him, if you want him to fight for you. So hitting a wall, as even as Jesus said, an invitation to press in deeper, an invitation to press in deeper. And I believe God is calling us at this time to press in deeper. Look at the next verse, verse 10. So the Philistines have come against David and he's gone out and then He asked, he says, and David inquired of God, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. Now some context. If you you look at the life of David... At this time in David's life, he didn't have much. He's been persecuted for something like at least seven years, if not longer. Seven years where the king Saul wanted to kill him. He's gone, he's, he's gone through really tough times, hiding away in caves, hiding away from, from enemy armies. You know, but David, David was a young man. He didn't have much, but God had his heart. God had his heart. He was sold out for God. He was sold out. He was like, God, I'm not even going to try and go into a battle if you're not in it. He inquired of God. He was completely dependent upon God. He was a worshiper. He didn't have much physically, but he had the heart of God, and God had his heart. God was the God of the breakthrough for David because David was sold out for God. You know, so many people want breakthroughs, but they're not willing to give themselves wholeheartedly to God. I'm sorry. You're not going to know God as the God of the breakthrough if you're continuously compromising and passive and, 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 and you're not giving yourself completely to God. So in David's case, later on, he became complacent. Yes, he got the cushy things in the palace and the servants, and he became lazy and comfortable and lost his way. He lost his way over time. And I believe this is probably our biggest challenge as Western Christians, the cushy, comfortable Christianity. My little genie God, eh? If I am a crisis, Jesus, help me. But the rest of the time, I do my own thing. I do my own thing as it suits me. Comfortable Christianity. And if we want to see the God of the breakthrough, if we want to see God move powerfully in our own lives and in the city, we need to break out of the comfortable, cushy, compromising Christianity. Because it's not the real deal. It's not the real deal. And uh, you see that in the scripture, David inquired. David inquired. You know... There's this, this, this point in every one of our lives that we need to choose to be uncomfortable. How? Fast. In whatever way you are led. But also another area to be uncomfortable is when it comes to our finances and our giving. That's a test of where our hearts are at. It's a test. You can see where someone's heart is at in terms of where their finances are going 
And the enemy is wanting to bring in fear into our lives and say, no, hold on, you know. But the money's not your source. Your salary's not your source. God is your source. The sign of someone in covenant with God is that their finances go to the kingdom of God, to the cause of Christ. And, and it causes our hearts to come alive. I've spoken to a few people this, this past few weeks, and, 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 and the one shared with me in, in terms of major marital challenges, and, and he said to me, you know, because I've been seeing things coming down this way for years now. I said, but why didn't you come to church? Why didn't you get involved in church? And his answer was this. I was selfish with my time. Isn't that so defining? I was selfish with my time. I want to watch my cricket or my rugby on a whatever on a Saturday morning, or I want to do my hobby, or I wanted to go out and do my own thing. I was selfish with my time. Isn't that, if we have to, to sort of summarize our society, we are selfish. And selfish people don't know the breakthrough that God wants to give them. So I want to stir our hearts to break out of the comfort and into the uncomfortable. You know, I don't like fasting. It is uncomfortable, but I tell you, when you taste it, when you see it, when you put aside the time and you seek the face of God in prayer and you're in His Word and you're hitting that wall, but you're pressing through and pressing through, it is so fulfilling. You can feel something shift. I felt something shift on, on, on Monday. And so on Tuesday night, we were in, in, at Bible school and we were praying for, I was sharing about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then I was sharing with the guys that when it comes to tongues, you know, one of the signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is you, you receive your prayer language. You pray in tongues. But I said you can also speak in human languages. That sometimes God would allow you to speak in human languages. So now a bunch of them come forward. We pray for them. Four out of the six people begin praying in tongues. Huge breakthroughs for them. The others are coming in Jesus' name. And... And then um, Carla shared with me, now she's a Jewish Messianic Jew, and uh, in other words, she's a Jew that came to Christ, and she knows Hebrew. And so she says that while I was praying in tongues, I was speaking in Hebrew. I was speaking the Aaronic benediction. I was quoting from the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, and many other words I was saying in Hebrew. Isn't that cool? That's powerful. But something happened on Monday when I was fasting and praying and seeking the face of God. I just went a little bit deeper into Christ. You see, fasting and prayer takes us deeper into God. You see, our God is alive and powerful. How is it possible for me to speak in Hebrew? You see, our God is a supernatural God. And He wants us to receive that breakthrough, to pray in tongues and to Connect with the power of God. At Encounter One, the Saturday morning, we focus on helping people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've created an environment. We pray for them, and many get that breakthrough. It transforms their lives. If you haven't been there, please join us for that. So anyway, so and someone else also I spoke to this week said to me they've been missing church over the last while, and, and they just felt, feel like they, their heart grew cold not being in church, and then last week where they're in church again, and I said, it's just so amazing, the atmosphere and the worship, and my heart just caught fire again. 
You see, the church community is our anchor. It's our environment to help us to stay focused. And a message from the Lord challenges us to get our lives focused again on God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, 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 so David asked this question. God, should I fight this fight? So you, there's sometimes you need to determine, is this the fight that you need to fight? Is this your battle? Is God in it? Because sometimes the battle takes six months. Sometimes the battle takes two years. So you need to know that God is in it. If he leads you into it, he will lead you through it. Amen. If he leads you into it, he will lead you through it. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 is not on the screen. It says, now thanks be to God who always, say always, always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph. If he's leading you, it's going to work. You're going to break through. You're going to learn something. God's going to do something good here. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. So he, if he leads you into it, he's going to lead you through it. Look at this, the next verse. God of the breakthrough. It says, then David said, God has broken through my enemies. By what? By my hand. The iron fist. By my hand, he has broken through. Like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of the place Baal Perazim, which means master of breakthroughs. Master of breakthroughs. And when they left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. Master of breakthroughs. Think about this. So God is standing and he's, you, you're hitting the wall. You're hitting an obstacle. You're hitting something that you need, to, you need to move this thing forward now. And God is standing there and he's saying, I can help you with this. I'm the master of breakthroughs. I always have a plan. I always have a plan. I always have a way to help you break out of whatever this is. I am the God of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. And he says, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. He has broken through. And then the last bit there it says, and David gave a commandment and they were... Uh, and they, when they left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. You see, G Jesus, David was sold out to God. He had no respect for idols. He had no respect for false gods. He had no respect for other gods. He burned them. He burned them. He said, this is just nonsense. And he burned it. That's why God could bless him. He didn't compromise. You see, there's a verse, Acts 9, 31. It says, and this is a massive revival in the book of Acts. The kingdom of God was extending across the known world. And it said, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. You know, we focus a lot on the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He loves you. God is with you. He's for you. We don't focus that much on the fear of God. I feel God is saying it's time for the fear of God to return to the church. 
and to our lives. What do I mean? It means that we don't get confused about what God says in His Word is right or wrong. Not confused about what the Word of God says between right and wrong. For instance, it's one thing to say I am battling in a certain area of my life. It's one thing to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm battling with pornography, and uh, I, I need to deal with this. I know it's wrong. I know it's a sin. I need to deal with it. That, that, that's all good. Praise God. God loves you. We love you. We work, we, we're, gonna, we're working with you. It's a different thing to say, my porn is fine with God, and I love Jesus so much, and God is fine with us. That's a different story. It's a different story to say, my girlfriend and I, we are battling and we've stepped over a few lines a few times and oh, we feel so bad, it's wrong, we must, it's not the will of God, it's sin. Compared to, you know, me and my girlfriend, we're living together and God is fine with it. And He loves me just as we are. He loves you just as you are, but He does not agree with your lifestyle. There's no fear of God there. It's one thing to say you're battling with homosexuality. It's one thing to say, man, I'm attracted, you're male, you're attracted to men, or you're female, you're attracted to women. That's one thing to say, and I, and I, was, I was molested, I was, I've messed up, I'm, I'm broken, I, I need Jesus to heal me. Man, God loves you. We love you. I have so many people that are in the homosexual lifestyle that I know, and I love them so much. My hairdresser, my hairstylist, he wants to call hairstylist. He is living with his boyfriend. I mean, they're living for, for together for years. I love him. He's an amazing guy. I think people that battle with that area of their lives are some of the nicest, lovely, loving people on the planet. I love them. But I'm drawing a line. I'm an ambassador for Christ. In other words, an ambassador does not have his own opinion. He takes the opinion of head office, of government, my, my host nation, my, my nation that has sent me out. This is the official policy of our land, and it is the following. Same way, I'm an ambassador for Christ. The Word of God is clear. There are things that are right, and there's things that are wrong. It is sinful. If you say... Living a homosexual lifestyle is okay with God. You're not serving Jesus. You're serving an idol, a false God, another God that says to you, this is okay. It's just one thing to say, I need help. I need to deal with my stuff, my brokenness, and I need healing in my heart. It's another thing to say, Jesus is fine with my sin, blatantly living in sin, unrepentant, not willing to turn from my sin. That is a false God you're serving. And you will not know the breakthrough that God wants to give you. You will not know the power of God as He wants to give to you. David was a man that was sold out for God. He was no compromise. I'm going to burn the idols. I'm going to burn the idols in Jesus' name. And that's what he did. So I want to challenge us. We need the fear of God in our lives. Do you know how many stories and testimonies there are people that have had brokenness in their sexuality and they were healed and they are now married to the opposite sex and they have wonderful children and they are whole and healthy? That is God's heart. 
Worst case scenario, you never get healed, but then you stay pure for the rest of your days. You see, this life is short. This life is incredibly short. The Bible says this life is as long as a breath. It's gone. It's over. And then you're going to stand before your God on judgment day. You're going to give an account. And the way you lived in this life will determine how you spend eternity. I would rather choose to battle my stuff for the rest of my days. But one day I'm going to stand before my God and say, Jesus I gave it my best. I followed your word to the best of my ability. I didn't compromise. I didn't water down your word. I did not worship idols. I worship you. I worship you. You see, the enemy wants to get confused about what is right and wrong. Currently, the world is declaring that which is wrong, they're saying it's right. And that which is right, they're saying it's wrong. And we cannot afford to be confused about this or we can help no one. Amen. Walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So I am saying, repent. Turn away from your sin. Do not justify your sin because you can't. Turn away and then you will know the God of the breakthrough. Then you can know the God of the breakthrough. You know, so where does breakthrough start? Breakthrough starts with, I believe, prayer and fasting. That's a great starting point. You know, the scripture there, it says, by my hand, breakthrough. You need to do something. You need to do something. Breakthrough does not come by passively sitting and waiting. David didn't hide away somewhere at the, in the back of the forest. Not, yeah, he got his army together and they moved out. You need to do something. You need to get up and do something, even if it's just repent of your sin. Do not justify it. Repent and then, okay, God, now that I've turned to you, what must I do? Okay, well, let's fast. Let's pray. Let's get the rubbish out of your life. Let's pursue the face of God for breakthrough. And then you get guidance and momentum in the spirit to do what you need to do. In other words, if you don't have a job, fast and pray. And then ask God for guidance. Ask him because he's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's going to open a door for you. He's got a plan. But you can't sit at home feeling sorry for yourself. You need to get your CV up. Get your CV out. Go and make. But you need to start off fast and pray so you can get the breakthrough in the spirit. And then you can walk into it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm preaching better than you saying amen. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. You see, there's pressure on us as pastors to not say the things that I'm saying now. Because what if I offend someone, they leave the church? And what if the church doesn't grow, and then we don't have the money? And then we, uh, There's pressure for us to shut up and say what everybody wants to hear. But I'm called to say what God wants me to say. And if someone doesn't like it, well, take it up with him. But I'm going to stand before him one day. I need to be faithful to the word of God. And so do you. Amen. The fear of God breaks us out of sin patterns. The fear of God wakes us up. You know, sometimes when temptation comes and knocks on my door, and, and then the fear of God kicks in, and I know, I'm not going to get away with anything. <laughs> so shut up, devil. 
I'm not going to get away. I want to say to you, God will expose your sin. You can't get away with it. If you're a child of God, He's going to expose you. Your porn will be, you'll be caught out. You will, someone's going to speak. It's, you're going to be found out. That is the fear of God. Let the fear of God arrest you before you go forward. You will be caught out. That's how it works. Okay, so don't do it. <laughs> Most of us won't do it if we know we're going to get caught out. You won't. Okay, that's the fear of God. So look at this. This is so powerful. Isaiah 58, verse 8 to 9. This is the impact of fasting. This is so powerful. Isaiah 58, verse 8. It says, then, say then. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Isn't that powerful? He's saying, then your light shall break forth. You, you, you've got like walls over all the windows of your house, spiritually speaking. Now you're fasting and praying and calling out to the name of God. And you bash through those window walls. And your light breaks forth. Your light breaks forth. Where there was fear. Do you know when we battle with fear? Do you know that that's an invitation for you to go deeper into God? Because when you're in God's presence, fear cannot follow you there. Fear cannot follow you. I know every time I battle with anxiety or fear, I'm like, okay, let's go deeper until I break through. Go deeper. It's your invitation to go deeper. Every wall you hit is your invitation to go deeper. Every fear you face is your invitation to go deeper. Your healing spring shall spring forth speedily. In other words, healing breaks out. Righteousness shall go before you. You break out of sinful patterns and things and the kingdom of God comes. The glory of the Lord shall be a real God. God is tangibly then with you. You know, sometimes, you know, I often speak to people and they, they're battling to connect with God and they're battling to hear His voice and they, and they I promise you, if you wholeheartedly seek the face of God and you're willing to step out of your comfort zone into being uncomfortable in terms of fasting, praying, laying down the distractions of this world, you will hear His voice. You will experience more of His presence. There's a call right now for every one of us to no longer sit in the passivity and settling for where we are at. How badly do you want to be free? How badly do you want someone to come to Christ? How badly do you want this nation to change? Or are we just going to complain from the side? If we want to make a difference, we need to rise up. Verse 9, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Here I am. Come on, you can do this. There's more in you than what you think. Aren't you tired of just pluttering on? Aren't you tired of not connecting with God, not hearing His voice, not seeing breakthrough? Aren't you tired of just going through the motions, trying your best in the natural, but not seeing the breakthrough? I believe there's so much more that God is calling us into. And then the last verse there, it says, 
the if, say if. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking of wickedness. So God is saying there, if you can't just fast and be deeply spiritual, but you treat your wife like dirt. I'm sorry, but you're a hypocrite. God will not hear such a person's prayers. But the man who values his wife and serves her humbly and then fast, man, heavens are open. Heavens are open. If, if we remove these things, if we repent, if we weep and mourn over our sin, if we humble ourselves before God, if, if, We come to the realization, well, I'm calling this thing Jesus, but this so-called Jesus is saying my sin is fine. It's not Jesus. It's not the real God. It's another God. So then after, you're going to see that the fear disappear. And then the last few verses, ending off with this. Then the Philistines... Once again, and so they came again. He had your breakthrough. David had his breakthrough. He won the battle. And then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore, David inquired again of God. And God said to him, you shall not go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So David did as God commanded him, and they drove back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gezer. Amazing. So now David's inquiring again, and he's saying, okay, God says, should I do it? And now God gives him a different strategy. Don't expect the same. Don't do things the same. You see, God is looking for connection. Uh, I know all of us have a cell phone, huh? Have you seen what happens to us when we, uh, we're going somewhere and we're losing signal? Or the internet's going down? It's a crisis. No! I need to get that WhatsApp now. I need to post that Facebook thing now. My Instagram's going down. Uh, we're, 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 we're a society currently, you know, we, we're so focused on that connection. I need to be connected, and if the battery's going down, oh, Lord Jesus, then we start praying. (laughs) Hold, Boiki, hold. (laughs) What if we would be as passionate about a connection to God as we are about a connection on the internet with our phones and our WhatsApps and our Facebook and our Instagram and our... Wow, we would have revival, wouldn't we? Across the nation, revival. Because we're so, 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 we want to connect, 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 and we need to be connected. But what if we live with a continual awareness of, am I connected? Am I obeying God? Am I following Him? Am I inquiring and then following, obeying His instructions? Because you see, there's an army over there. There's an army that wants to storm in and destroy our lives. It's real. I mean, I counsel. I see the people month in and month out of the devastation and destruction that's happening in people's lives, either personally or with the marriage or with the family. It's carnage. And it could have been prevented 
if we would have been focused on our connection to God. Let's get our connection going. Let's get our connection going. Let's get that connection going. And so there's a new strategy that God wants to give to each of us, but now in that verse that is so powerful, it says, when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then. So what is that? That's angel army. There are heavenly, there are heavenly angels. There are armies from heaven standing ready. Ready. They're standing ready. They're like, okay, guys, let's do it. Okay, guys, come on. Let's do it. No, man. Okay, guys, please, man. Can we please, someone pray? Please. Nah. That is how our angels are. They're like, I can't believe it. They're not praying. They're not fasting. They're not doing. They're not pursuing. They're passive. They're just sitting and vegging. They're just doing their comfortable thing. They're like, I think some of our angels are sitting like, I'm sitting here for like 10 years, man. It's nothing, man. It's nothing. Nothing. No, I'm praying. You see, our prayers and our fasting, they, they, unlo- they, they loose our angels to move. They are real angels. I've encountered a few times in my life angels. The one time was in Brazil. There was a young, it's a freaky story, but anyway. <laughs> it was a, uh, we were ministering in Brazil, and uh, there was this young girl, 11-year-old girl, um, a 12-year-old girl that was demon-possessed. And she uh, was sent by people to curse me, to curse us. And so my team have been picking her up and about this, and someone warned me about there's this weird girl, and she wants to see me alone in her room. <laughs> I'm like, no way. I'm not seeing you alone in her room. <laughs> and so, so I'm praying for a whole bunch of people, and God is moving powerful, and suddenly this girl comes. I didn't know that it's, it's, it's she, and she says to me, no, her heart is sore. She watched a fearful movie. I need to pray for her. I said, okay, cool, I can pray for you. Pray for the power of God hits her. She's on the floor there and shaking and things are happening and I'm praying on. And then, and then I get involved and then later I started to pray for this girl. And at some point she says to the translator, she wants to hold my hand and she wants to touch my heart with her hand. And then I realized, this is a demon that wants to curse me now. So I freaked I was like, you will not curse this team in Jesus' name. And, she, and then the demon was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I said, Father, I thank you for your angels to come right now and to come and take these demons away and set this little girl free in Jesus' name. And so there was no one. I was on my knees next to her, and no, there was no one standing behind me. And the next moment, the demon through the girl looked up and looked past my shoulder and the eyes went like big, like, ah. <laughs> and, the, and, 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 the, and the young girl tried to crawl away. The demons tried to get away. They saw an angel standing behind me. The demon could see it. We can't see the angelic realm, but it's real. And our poor angels, I'm preaching on behalf of the angels this morning. Our poor angels are bored to death. 
They are longing for the church to rise up and pray and fast and to seek the face of God and to loose our angels to move forth and move powerfully, to set people free, to bring breakthroughs. That is what God wants to do. But we need to pray. Look at this last verse. Psalm 103, verse 20 to 21. It speaks about the angels. It says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you His host, the ministers, you ministers of His who do His pleasure. So God wants you and me to partner with the angelic armies. He wants us to partner at least with our own, every one of us a personal angel. And He wants us to partner with them and to loose them to move and to, 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 to see lives change. Look at that. It says, heeding the voice of His word. So the angels obey the voice of the word of God. So when you and I spend time with God, when our connection is there, it was working, we boom connected, and we connect with the Holy Spirit. So, so then when we release the word of God, the angels pick up, uh-oh, that, that's a word that comes from the throne room of God. Let's move, boys. It's time. Let's go. Let's act. Let's go for it. Let's see the kingdom of God come on the earth. You see, but we've become so comfortable that our spiritual senses become dull. Our spiritual senses becomes dull. Fasting helps us to break free from the, the worldly, earthly things holding us down. It sets us free. And then we can connect with heaven, hear from God, and see His kingdom come. Amen. You see... Breakthrough comes through your hand. You need to do something. It doesn't just randomly fall out of the sky. It, breakthrough comes for those who are sold out to God and saying, okay, not perfect. Yes, I have issues, but God, I'm, I'm giving my life to you and I'm choosing to follow you. Setting my time aside. Lord, anoint this fist. Anoint my prayer, anoint my declarations, anoint my confession so we can break through these walls, so we can hit the rions of this world and see them falling down. Just kidding. Hallelujah. This life is short. The world is flooding in. It's consuming our hearts and minds for many of us. There's a call right now. Call a fast. Let's seek the face of God. Let's see our city and nation turn. Let's see our own lives turn. In Jesus' name, amen.